Hey friends, how's it going? This is episode 24 of the Becoming Human podcast and I'm your host Will Nelson. In this episode of the podcast, I sit down with Barbara Clark. She's an author and illustrator of children's books. Right now, she's been working on a series called Postcards From. I believe there's four books within the series. And she just released one, which was Postcards from San Juan Islands. My son's favorite book is uh, Postcards from the Passatin Wilderness. And that's exactly how I got turned on to hers. It's one of his, her, his favorite authors, rather. Especially the Postcards from the Passatin Wilderness, which is... Um, a wilderness area just over the east side of the Cascades here in Washington. And it's where I go hunt. So every time he reads that book, he's like recounting my uh, scouting areas and all the animals that I encounter out there. It's just a really cool experience. And it's almost like a vehicle for adventure, if you will. And I am always down for storytelling and adventures my favorite mixture <laughs> i wanted to sit down with barbara because i've always kind of wanted to write my own kids book i thought it would be fun even if it was just as a one-off and i was surprised to find out that it only costs as much of a as a cup of coffee which is pretty cool and she, barbara interested me too because Reading her books, I could tell it was uh, very grassrootsy, or or that she was an indie author and illustrator instead of being deep in the industry and uh, pushing out like computer generated pages and stuff like that. Which there's nothing wrong with that. I just don't want to be under try to like go to a publishing company and try to get under a contract and any of those things. I just want to make make stuff and share it with people, you know. And kind of wheel and deal and figure out if my ideas are not really marketable, just interesting to other people. And then refine how I express myself um, to my audience. And really, it informs how I express myself to my, to my own self, or even how I communicate with my son. So I'm going to hold myself accountable. By the end of August, I should be releasing this kid's book, and it will be up on Amazon and the website. It's uh, called The Bestiary, and it's all about the monsters that we encounter in our own lives. But I I don't want to detract from showcasing Barbara's art and her story. So I'm just going to leave it at that. I've been working really hard um, at trying to uh, pursue running a little bit more in martial arts. I got a little rundown back there, so I kind of took a week off from podcasting, but I'm back in full force, and I've got a pretty interesting guest lined up, or guests, or lineups for the next month, so I hope you guys enjoy it, and... If you enjoy this podcast, please rate, review, and share it. Tell your friends. Spread it like the plague, please. Yeah. Thanks for sticking with me this far. It's 
it's been a lot of fun. Being able to have a platform where I get to ask people questions and figure out kind of how how other people experience life to inform my own experience. I'm going to be working on kind of more, a little more self-exploration through the guests and also bringing on people who are, who are specialists in, in given fields too. And I should be getting back within the um, houseless communities and kind of exploring that front down in Seattle here soon. But yeah, just excited for the summer to unfold. And I hope you guys are having a great summer too. Do you still go into your local Walmart? Teaming with zombified sycophants much like myself? Well, fear not, mortal. I have the link for you that will deliver your products directly to you. And the package handler has been trained in ninjutsu. Making him so silent that you won't even know that he was there. You no longer have to interact with any human if you go to my Amazon affiliates link on my website. Or within the show notes. Way late on the forest floor Satiated yet wild more So lead me to the forest edge Take me to your riverbed Lead me Lead me
in the forest glade, teaching me to misbehave. Speak breath, cheeks flash red. Take me to your riverbed. Lead me. Lead me. Take me. Have you always been a writer, or did you just decide to kind of diverge and um, take a plunge into that discipline? No, I, I've never done any writing. I have a degree in fine art from UPS, and I hadn't done much with that either until I'd gone on that trip to South Africa. So this is a new adventure for me. Oh, wow. So when you went on that trip to South Africa, that's pretty incredible. Did you go down there with the intent in writing, or did something... Uh, inspire you while you were down there? No, I went with uh, my best friend and some other clients that we just did. There were six of us on the tour and we went around lots of areas of South Africa. And on the plane, on the way home, I realized, shoot, I did not send one postcard home. And I thought I should, I should remember where I've been. Of course, we had pictures and we would, you know, go back and fill in the names, if we could pronounce them, of the places we've been. Yeah. But it was on the plane on the way home. I thought, you know, maybe I could write this in a kid's format because there's such cool animals down there and lots of kids, people I know who had kids, they didn't have any clue what a warthog looked like, you know? Yeah. <laughs> so that's where that, play, that plan was hatched, was on the plane, 18-hour flight coming home. Oh, so, wow. It took, it took another, like, four years to get it done. <laughs> I bet it did. Like, I um, decided that I wanted to uh, kind of get, in, get into writing short stories and at first I was like, oh, yeah, I'll, you know, put this one out in a week and I'll see how people like it. Well, uh, flash fast forward to about a year later and I'm still writing those short stories. Yeah. <laughs> Trying yeah. to put them out. So it's like, oh, gosh, this is a little more involving than I would have anticipated. <laughs> yeah, it, it was uh, actually what spurred me on was a friend of mine was uh, going to take a um, children's book illustration course. And I thought, that's what I need to do. So I... I read it to one of my, uh, one of the people that was on the trip at Fred Myers, and she said, "What are you going to make that book?" And I said, "No." And she said, "You know, you got to do it, or it'll be a cross that you have to bear." Yeah. And I thought, "Well, that's a good point." So when that class came up, I jumped on it and started, and that got me rolling. And you know how to set it up, how to start the story, and contacts on how how to get it printed, and. So, yeah, I had a little help from a, a professional children's book illustrator. So, when you went and did that, um, doing, like, the workshop, did they basically give you all of the information to be able to put out your own book? Pretty much. It was a real basic course. Um, I think I took a second one about six months later. Uh, but there was some lecture, and then we had some projects to, you know, an assignment to do over the week and bring it back the next week. And it was a lot of dabbling in different mediums to see what you like to work with. And at the time, I was really enamored with um, watercolors. I still am, but after trying to do the book, it was so hard. If you make a mistake in watercolor, you start over from square one. There's no erasing and, oh my gosh. and filling over it. You know, it's like, oh, shoot. That's a lot of reiterations. Yeah, so each page in the first book, most of them are double spread, a left and right, and it's the same picture. Uh-huh. 
And the COVID screwed up. I have to start it over. And it would take like two weeks to get one one of those double spreads done. Oh my gosh! And it, it, it took me, gosh, a year and a half, I think, to get it finally done. Uh, this is taking way too long. I'm going to lose interest before before I get anything done. You know? <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> and when you um when you got to that point to where you felt your like it was taking um, too long, did you do anything different, or did you just essentially push through it? I just pushed through it. Um, I had people that were interested in encouraging me, not not artists, just friends. Uh-huh. And uh, I happened to be at a friend's house, uh, and who knew of another lady who had just, she made these fabric dolls, little um, custom-made dolls. Oh, and cool. each doll has its own story. And so she told me who does the layout, because that's the part I have no clue on. I can't. I can do the artwork, but I can't put the words on the page. You know, that's computer stuff, and that's not my forte. Yeah, exactly. Having to put, like, when you say um, putting the words on the page, like, um, the weight and stuff and how where to actually physically place it or the writing itself. Exactly. No, I did the writing myself. I I knew what what it would say, but where does it place on the page? And and knowing how close to the gutter, which is where the book is seamed in the middle, how close can it be to that? And how close can it be to the edge? Yeah. So I have this professional, uh, I think she would call be called a layout person. She does all kinds of books. And uh, she's currently working on a, um, a calculus book with something like 250 calculus equations. Wow. How do you figure out how to put that on a piece of paper? That is crazy, yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> So I pay her for that. I don't do that. <laughs> yeah, I wouldn't. I understand that completely. I wouldn't either. <laughs> the, it's interesting, too, how, like, um, you don't get, not wanting to get tangled, I guess, in the technicality of the gutter and the margins and stuff, just so that you could put out your, your idea or express yourself. Um, and I think it's important, too, because so far, or so often when people get, like, I want to create something, they start any kind of creative project. They almost get swamped in the technical details, and finding people to actually outsource those things to, I think, can be crucial. Oh, yeah, yeah. I, I wouldn't be taking these books if I had to do it on my own. And then um, she told me, well, actually, the instructor from that kids' illustration class, he, he had a whole list of potential publishing places. It used to be you had to go to, um, you know, like, I can't even think of it big publishing houses to get it printed and you'd send copies to all these different publishing houses and yeah, hopefully the they would basically, right? Yeah, hopefully they'd pick you up. Well now with CreateSpace and Lulu.com and some of these other self publishings, you know, anybody can do it. If you if you fit the format to where what they're asking for as far as how much of a margin and what you know, what kind of color. You can't use metallic paint, you know, because that doesn't print. So if you basically so, take care of the technical things for them, they'll be the means to actually get your book printed. Yep. Yep. You send them a PDF of all the parts, and they will proof it for you. Well, that's where my uh, computer Liz comes in handy. She knows exactly what needs to happen. You know where the margins have to be, and and if there are errors, then they just email you back and say this needs fixing, or you can talk to a rep and. Um, they can talk you through whatever needs to happen. So then you send your PDF, and they'll send you. You can order an online proof, or you can uh, get a hard copy. And for my book, it's only three dollars and sixty-five cents, I think, for for my proof. Really? 
So, and, and it, for illustrations, yet for me, the color has to be correct. If you look on a p computer screen, one computer screen looks different than the next because of the, the formatting of the screen and how it's lit and whatnot. So I've always gotten the hard proof and, and and then it's like, wow, this really happens. This is really cool. <laughs> oh, that completely makes sense. Because when you're um, like making music, for instance, it's important to not just listen to your music through the headphones because you're going to get an inaccurate representation of what it'll sound like. Yeah. And yeah. that must be really cool too when you do, like, like you said, when you get that hardcover kind of in your hands. Like it must feel really shed in, like it's feeling real at that point. Yeah. <laughs> in the illustration course, we had a. a project of making a little two-inch by two-inch books that you stapled together of uh -huh. your story that you were going to write. And I carried that around for weeks because I was so excited about it. It's just a little pencil drawings, you know, and I thought it was the coolest thing. And people looked at it like, ah, okay, that's what you're working on, huh? Okay. Yeah, that's so cool. See, I like that, too, because uh, far too often people feel, for, for whatever reason, uh, disenfranchised. Like, they're like, oh, that's, you know, that's really cool. I like stories, but... There's, for some reason, a lot of people have the disconnect to where, of actually making it. Do you know what I mean? Well, I think you you got to look at your audience, you know. Oh. Who's, who's reading your book? I, I mean, my books are not geared for high school kids. You know, they're, they're geared for little kids and grandmas and grandpas. Because mm -hmm. they want to sit together and read them and look at the pictures. And, and they all have... A little bit of the Where's Waldo ID is supposed to find the postcard, and it's not in every picture, but it's somewhere in there. Yes! So I try to fit that in, and I want them educational. I like them to learn about whatever place I've been to. Mm -hmm. And, um, like, the, this next one is just coming out, waiting for a proof, probably tomorrow, a postcard from the San Juan Islands. And stuff that's in the San Juan Islands, and some people don't even know that there's a rhinoceros auklet in the San Juan Islands. I it's didn't a, know that. It's a, a diving bird that has kind of a rhinoceros horn on it. What? So, yeah. That sounds <laughs> like something out of, like, Jurassic Park. I know, I know. <laughs> but they're there. <laughs> oh, my gosh. And so, so I just... Yeah, they're okay. they're all educational to a point, you know. And then for me, a big key factor, I think that's where the hook is for grandma and grandpa. Is the pictures are pretty darn cute. Yeah, so it actually like captivates the audience. Um, yeah. Does that organically happen, or is it kind of something that you're aiming for? Oh, I'm aiming at the littler kids, you know, first grade and under. Kind of get them into storybooks. The books I see on in the bookstores that are in for that age, they're just computer, not just. Many of them are computer oriented drawings. They're not fine art, um, and they're kind of simple. You read them once, I'm like, yeah, I got the story. Yeah, they're formulaic. And yeah, I kind of want to have something different that the kids going to want to go back and. Now, where's the postcard in this picture? And in the first one, there's a, a Trump Roy, um, a hidden picture. It, it, it looks like one thing, but if you look at it long enough, there's actually a tiger in there. Uh, and so I write on the, when I just give it to somebody I know, can you find the hidden tiger? And I never say where it is. You know, it's, but it's in there. And some people see it right off the bat, and others are like, I have never seen that tiger. What are you talking about? The craziest thing is, I was, because uh, that was for the postcards from, um, what is it? South Africa. Yes, and yeah. so we were actually reading that last night with my son and his cousin, and that's the thing that they draw to almost every time. Uh, did he find the tiger? Yeah, he did. My, well, my cousin 
found the, or my nephew rather, found the tiger, and then my son, it took him a while, but they were so excited, like, in the process of helping each other. Yeah, and that was total accident. I, I did not, I actually intended that to be the cover of the book, and took it to that class, and I said, what do you guys think? Is this a cool picture of these two um, zebras? And three of the people said, oh, that tiger is way too scary for a cover of a kid's book. And I said, what tiger? These are zebras. What, what are you talking about? I had not even seen it, and I drew it. Oh, my gosh. You see? It was not intended. That's how the best things start, though. <laughs> yeah, right. That's so cool. And so when you, if you were to try to uh, go back and, and do it again, meaning getting into um, writing children's books, would you go through that same class? Like, do you find that was uh, very helpful for starting out? Um, yeah, I, I, it, it spurred me on because it gave me kind of a roadmap of, of how you get started and what it would take to try to get your book published from a big publishing house. And that was right on the cusp of um, this new Create Space, these kind of um, publishers or printers, I guess. Because I'm the publisher, they just print it for me. Oh, okay. Um, and so, yeah, it helped me for that. I, I probably I probably wouldn't have done it had I not taken that class. I, I would encourage people to do that. And is it a highly cost-preventative thing, or is it uh, pretty accessible, in your opinion? Well, the guy moved to Bellevue, so it's not very accessible for me anymore. And he does give classes at the community college. I, I took it from Whatcom Community College, and oh. I think it was $150. And, you know, you that's, that's part of your expenses for your first book, and we'll, hopefully someday you recoup those. Wow. I'm still waiting for that to happen, but, you know. Yeah. <laughs> well, I mean, in, in terms of, like, a, a price of entertainment, that's, that's not bad at all, because kind of like this whole story that's blossoming out of your uh, pursuit to write a children's book, not to be so dramatic, but um, it, it has created like a rich uh, levels of experiences for you that's not even just about being like successful as an author, it's just sharing your stories and adventures. Does that make sense? And I'll tell you, I'll tell you that when people come up to you with big dreams and they say, pictures are just darling, you're so good. That feels really nice. You know? yeah. I like the compliments a lot. <laughs> yeah. It, it really does. Cause it, and then you're able to, like, uh, almost feel like you're a part of that experience, too. Well, yeah. And, and especially if you can find the book to somebody, you know, a certain kid or friend of yours and you pass it on or whatnot. And after my first book, I really had the feeling that... My dad put me through um, art school at UPS, and I never really did much with it. And then when this came out, when the proof came, I just felt like my dad was up there smiling down at me, going, yeah, finally that paid off. <laughs> so I still have it. Every time I show someone a, a new book or they haven't seen it before, I just feel like, yep, that's my girl. <laughs> my dad's saying that. That's yeah. so cool. Oh, my gosh. And, um, it's, a it's a rewarding thing for me.
but I think I probably. And and for me, it's sharing the the cuteness and the fact that I did it, and it wasn't just some unknown author or artist. You know, having people realize that you know that was that was my mom's good friend that made that story, and and she wrote the picture, uh, wrote the story, and did the pictures. You know, I think that's. It's very reward, rewarding for me. You know, yeah. they may never, so people may never know me 50 years from now, but if my books are still around, maybe they'll know that. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Something that kind of lives beyond you almost. In a way. Yeah, right. That's <laughs> cool. well, you know. Yeah. Have you always, uh, so you mentioned that you did it, uh, the trial and error with the watercolor. Uh, have you always um, uh, did or painted watercolor paintings before you got into the uh, Writing um, or? I I think in art school at UPS, I think it was one of my favorite mediums. Um, and it's something you can you don't have to spend a bajillion dollars for a printing press, and you know I I liked all, everything I did there, but I couldn't I didn't want to have a kiln and you know a potter's wheel and do all that. And, but watercolors is quite portable, and you can just pick it up and put it down. You don't have to stick with it for six months to finish an auto painting. You know. Yeah, that makes. But it, it was a little too inhibiting as far as getting the progress done. So the, then I took a course in uh, pastel painting. I still call them drawing, but apparently now they're called painting. Really? Yeah. <laughs> and uh, I was very inspired with the instructor and um, took another course from her up in Canada. And um, then I did the second book in pastel chalks, in the big thick ones, you know, like kids would draw on the street with. Uh-huh. It's not quite that big. And uh, it was very colorful because it, that was postcard from Kauai, so you need all these beautiful blues and the rich tones of the, the, the yellow tangs. Is, you know, the, the wildlife is so uh, vibrant. Mm-hmm. I mean, it, I just couldn't achieve that with watercolors. Plus, I was frustrated it taking so long to make it happen. Oh, oh yeah, I bet. especially with all those guys, the diversity of animals that you had in the yeah. book. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> So then I went to the large chalks, and I didn't feel I could get the details that I wanted. I didn't realize I was such a detailed person. Now that I look back, I've been that way all my life, but I didn't really, it didn't stick out as much as a sore thumb as I did after doing those big drawings. So then I went to pastel pencils, and I can get the fine details that that I'm looking for. You know, the fur really looks like fur. It's not just kind of fuzzy stuff. Because it gives that more of a textured feel. Yes, exactly. So I'm sticking with the pastel pencils for now. I really like them. And uh, I'm still learning the things, um, you know, how to to protect the drawing or painting, I guess it's called, uh, from smearing, pastel smears. It's not really a permanent, like, the watercolor can smear if it gets wet, but uh, it needs some protection. And, and I carry these things up to the lady in Bellingham who does the, the computer work, and inevitably they get smeared a little bit. Uh-huh. So I'm learning how to protect them better and, you know, stack them in such a way that they don't rub on each other and, and not show them to everybody. Every time you lift up the stack, you've smeared something. I have to go back and fix that. Oh, that makes so, it kind of hard to not show it to people, huh? Yeah, like, yeah. I mean, I have them hanging on the wall of the bedroom, but they're kind of on a corner, and then you want to, or the wind blows, and they all flutter, like, oh, I should close the window. <laughs> yeah, exactly. There's yeah. a little more risk there. Yeah. And we're still, I'm still working with uh, Kate, my computer lady. She um, she has a um, 
she was showing me exactly how her, what is it called, when you scan her, when you scan the pictures. Oh, yeah. If I had it in this corner of the page, it would be much easier for her to get it square on the scanner than if I had everything on the right side of the page, let's say. Oh. And, and to cut off those little tabs, you know, when you have a, a ringed binder and you pull the paper off, you got all those little tabs sticking out. Yeah. I can just take those off, because that would be so much easier for her. Oh. So I'm still learning that this is number four, and I'm still learning stuff to do. Yeah. Well, isn't that the funnest part, though, is that there's, there's never, like, a finish line for it? It's always yeah, well, a growing process. And they're never two, no two the same. You know, they're all going to be different. So, yeah, exactly. different stuff. It seems like I'm still spending the same amount in layout, amount of money in the layout time, but, mm -hmm. um, so we're both learning. You know, we're getting better at it. But, yeah. yeah, some things have gotten a lot better, and others are like, well, I just have to do that one over. That just didn't work. Yeah. <laughs> so I do. <laughs> so there is that kind of moment where you have to make the decision on, um, settling with it even though sometimes you feel like it's not finished, right? Yeah. Uh, yeah. That must Is be hard. Enough? And I can ask friends, you know, like, do you see what I see? Do you think this needs fixing? And they say, I don't see anything that needs fixing. I said, okay, then I, it's just me being the critical artist that wants something fixed. <laughs> and tell me about that and then yeah. when Create Space sends me the proof, I can go back and it's in the, just like the book I would sell to you. Uh, I can see that something isn't quite right, or the color on on the for one example on the background of one of the orca pictures, the water and sky have a little bit of a purplish tint to them, and that's not in the original uh, drawing. So we had that fixed on the computer, and, and I'm getting my second proof hopefully tomorrow, and that that should be fixed. But you know, my husband said, "Well, that doesn't bother me," and I said, "Yeah, but here's the original. Oh, yeah, they are quite different." Yeah. I know the difference, and it's, you know, I, I want it to be the way it was at home. <laughs> exactly. I, I know how that is, because with, um, whether I'm doing, like, a stand-up or poetry, um, if I'm trying to articulate an idea, uh, it might come off in a completely different way, and I would be the only person who notices it, but it drives yeah. me insane sometimes. Yes. Not what I meant. It's like autocorrect on your texting, you know. Yeah. That wasn't what I meant at all. <laughs> Right on the spot, and then just 
uh, a couple weeks ago, and she'd ordered 12 more, so that's a nice outlet, and I, you know, I'm getting half of what what they sell for. That's the other problem. If I sell them in the bookstore, and I want to get $15 per, $15 per book, that means they have to sell it for 30 Oh. And it's not that quality of a book. If it was hardback, yes, but then it would cost me more money to purchase them in the first place. Yeah, I see. So we worked the deal out, and um, so she's selling them there for 15 and I'm still making some money on them. So. Oh, wow. But it's exposure, and I've had some people call from there, like, oh, they're all sold out. Can you send me one? And I'm sure, send me a check. Off it goes. Yeah. So. It, it is kind of like, I mean, initially, it can be very uh, disheartening for a lot of uh, creative individuals, but it's mainly you are vying for exposure, at least up front. And after, uh, if it works out well, um, at the most, you, you walk away, you know, just kind of doing it at, where people actually seek your work. Um, but even just exposure alone, like, like the experience that you're talking about, like that's how I always try to look at it is, is that it, it doesn't even have to be a return financially if it's a return on my time, uh, yeah. whether that's emotionally or the connections that I made. It, yeah. It, yeah. I'm not, into, I'm not into this for the money at all. I mean, I do think we've broken even on all the books except the one that's just coming out. Um, but, you know, that's not, that's not why I'm doing it. I'm doing it for fun, and I want little kids to, to learn about places that I've been. And I'm finding by my feedback from people about books, if they're local, if it's a local book, like Vancouver Island or the Olympic Peninsula or the Pasayan Wilderness, well, that's kind of a shoe-in sale. You know, they're probably going to go there. I don't know. I'd love to go to Galapagos, but you know, I don't know anybody else is going to go there with a the little kid. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Although, I have to say, um, a friend of mine uh, talked about a, a girl over at one of the elementary schools in Mount Vernon who has a terminal illness, and she was able to get on the Make-A-Wish Make Foundation. And one of her wishes was to go to South Africa because her librarian had read those books to her when she was in school. No way. That's and now I don't know if that's why she wants to go to South Africa or just that she got the bug because it's pretty cool animals. You know? Yeah. But, man, did that make my heart sing when I heard that. You know? That's so cool. You're able to yeah. actually, like, kind of uh, uh, possibly influence people's lives just outside yeah. of face-to-face -face meetings. That is cool. Yeah. You know, and I hope that people will go to the Pasayan wilderness and see the animals that are there and go up to the San Juan Islands. And probably the next one is going to be the Olympic Peninsula. And, you know, those are all places we can go if you, if you can travel at all. Yeah, they're all accessible. Yeah. Now, Kauai, my husband wants to go back to Kauai with a box full of books and, and pedal them over there. It'd be a perfect spot, though. There'd be a bunch of kids who'd probably love that. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> There's, and it's interesting, too, because, uh, so, in the Pasatan Wilderness, I spend a lot of time in the backcountry over there, and even through reading your books to my son, you educated me on some things, like, I wasn't aware about the boa, um, and... Oh, the rubber boa? Yeah. Yeah, I didn't know, I thought we just had, like, a rattler snake in eastern Washington and gardener snakes, and that's it. No, I've seen a couple over there. Really? Yeah. yeah. Oh, I my. saw one actually fishing. When our son was little, we had Ranger Rick magazines. I don't even know if they still have those. Ranger. And we had just gotten Ranger Rick, and it talked about a river bop. And we were fishing on the Chihuahua River, and I looked down, and here's this kind of brown garden hose hanging off of a twig. I'm like, oh, that, that's 
and then it struck out at a little fish that was jumping. And I realized that gun wasn't alive. Oh, <laughs> my God. I mean, that's a snake. <laughs> so we went over and we watched it for a while, and he was hunting fish that were coming up, you know, the little fingerling one-inch guys. Yeah. He caught one and fell in the water and swam away with it. <laughs> wow. Wow. He swam? <laughs> yeah. Well, yeah, all snakes can swim. They just slither along. Oh, I, you know? that's, yeah. I feel very ignorant. I didn't even know that all snakes <laughs> and the front end looked virtually the same. You know, you think, well, which one is... And you have to kind of push him to see which way he goes, because I don't think they can go backwards. They can only go forward. Oh, my God. That's the front end. Yeah. <laughs> and I feel like when, you, when you're writing these books, it, you, you kind of were mentioning it earlier, the, um, using the... Uh, writing these books as a way to um, almost not let these uh, experiences pass you by. It, it seems like it... It educates you on the area as well. Oh, absolutely, yeah. yeah. The research that goes into them is pretty considerable. You know, I'm looking for photographs that I can get an idea from. And, and I, you know, I, was, I love sea otters. There aren't sea otters in the San Juan Islands. Those are river otters. And a river otter does not lay on its back and crack the clamshell open like we see all the pictures in National Geographic. Those are sea otters. They do that. I didn't know that. I had to look that up, you know. So I had a beautiful drawing all set when he's got a, the postcard on his belly and swimming backwards with a smile. And, and I looked at it and I said, you know, that guy's got a lot of white around his face. I'm going to check on what kind of otter that is. And sure enough, that the river otters do not lay on their back to eat. They oh go to shore to eat. Oh, my gosh. That must have crushed <laughs> you after you did that. Yeah, well, he's still hanging on the wall. He's pretty cute. I might just frame it. <laughs> I don't quite follow you. Um, so when you're going to, let's say you're doing um, postcards from the Pasatan Wilderness, is that going to cost a lot of money to create a book like that through the self-publishing service? Or not um, publishing, but printing? Sorry. Well, if I do not include my time, <clears throat> I'm, I'm spending around $500 a book for the layout part. Okay. Uh, and, you know, depending on the situation, that could be cost prohibitive. The printing of it is... is virtually nil. You know, you just send a PDF and then you order a proof and at the price of my books, I think they're two, uh, three sixty-five, I believe, a, a piece. And you could order one and you could order a thousand. Wow. So it's just shipping and tax that adds up to it. That's but the, if I was savvy enough to do the computer work, I could save quite a bit of money on that. But <laughs> by then, I'm kind of done with the book. I don't want to deal with any more. Exactly. <laughs> enough and hours, you know. And that goes back to what talking about earlier to where uh, some people can get overwhelmed in the technicalities as opposed yeah. to uh, using other people who, who have years of experience with that. Yeah. Now, I've had a, uh, an acquaintance from Eastern Washington. He has written a, a children's poetry book. Um, it's a story in, po in poetry format, and I'm not, I'm not an English writer at all. And he, was, he liked my drawings, and he said, would you be interested in illustrating? I said, well, well that, that might be interesting. I'd look into it. And so he sent me the manuscript, and I read it, and I thought, my God, this is going to be like 120 pages of illustrations if he wants one on each page. So then I kind of tried to figure out how much time am I spending on a page. 
and it became, for him to hire me, it was very cost prohibitive. And I, I went for, I think, $20 an hour. And I bet if you had a professional do it, it's probably three times that. Oh, yeah, exactly. So, you know, if you're not going to do your own drawings, I think it'd be quite, unless you've got a good friend, yeah. <laughs> you could trade something really nice. <laughs> and that's the interesting thing is that um, in terms of the drawings, so like when, when I was growing up, I've always been a, a writer, if you will, like, that's what I did for fun, and I felt like I was naturally talented at that. But honestly, I just think I, I spent more time writing than my other friends. Um, but then I'd also, I'd always tell myself, like, I can't draw. I'm incapable of drawing. And I know that that's a, a learned skill. I guess what I'm getting at is you, when you say professional, and I read your books, I see, like, the, the turtle that you did with all the highlight features in the, um, Postcard or postcards from Kauai. Yeah. Um, and I look at that and I am, I admire that. And because I, I look at that and I see an artist, someone who I would have assumed has been painting for years. And I feel like oftentimes we um, create this professional gap in between us and uh, people who have actual material out there. And so, like, I, I, I guess what I'm trying to get at is, is, even if you spent time and you, your illustrations don't look like as great as they could be and there's room for improvement, I think still think it's a viable option to, to try your hand at it, if you will. Oh, yeah. And, and you know, for the, the minimal cost, if you could do the layout, you know, where the words are on the page yourself, mm -hmm. and you just had pencil sketches or cartoony sketches, you could send that to Create Space and for 365 you can get a book back, mm -hmm. you know. You don't have to have a huge order of some of these big printing houses. You need a minimum order of a thousand. Well, I'm like, my God, I'll never, I'll never sell yeah, a thousand postcards from South Africa. Exactly. That's overwhelming. Yeah, <laughs> and, and that's kind of what I, I thought was interesting too, because if you're to do that, like you're like you're saying, is the risk is relatively low, or the um, the cost incurred is low. So doing that, and then using the results from that to just kind of change. You know, if your yeah. illustrations, someone criticized you about your illustrations, well, then maybe you either hire someone or spend a lot more time working on your skill as an illustrator. Or take a course, yeah. And, yeah. and I think, like, that's really cool about um, today is that the cost or the gateway to self-expression in many disciplines, whether or not it's having your own radio show, um, writing books, it's becoming lower, and I think that's making it more accessible, where you don't have to spend an exorbitant amount of money to get a thousand books put out. You could put something crazy and wild that someone would have told you would never work, and you can see what happens, essentially. Yeah, yeah. And then there are some criteria, like if you, if I wanted to sell my books in a bookstore, I'd have to go through a different company than Create Space because they're, they're owned by Amazon, mm -hmm. and independent bookstores... And I totally understand they don't really want to deal with books that come from Amazon. That's, that's their competitor. So I'd have to, my first one was printed from a different company. And it was, geez, I think they cost me $10 a book. Oh. So I sold them at 15 you know, and I, I, I by now, have recovered my cost from the first one. But it was, it was too cost inhibitive to do anything about selling them in bookstores. 
and they're not wide enough to have any title or ISBN number or anything on the spine. So that if you sell them on a shelf, they have to be flat. You know, you have to see the whole front cover. You can't put them perpendicular to the wall where you only see the spine because there's nothing on the spine. So if you want to sell your book in the bookstore, you need to have it wide enough. Or maybe if they were hardbound, they would it would be wide enough. But mine are 40, 40, 42 pages, and I think I need 120 to make it wide enough to put words on the spine, at least to create space. It may be different with another company. I haven't looked into that. But that's a little too much drawing for me. I just I kind of lose interest after a while. Yeah, exactly. And then it becomes... How like, many animals can you find in the San Juan Islands? <laughs> rather than bookstores go to like the the over in Anacortes at the ferry terminal the gift shop and the whale museum in, in Friday Harbor go to their gift shop and sell them a lot of you know 20 or 10 or whatever and if they sell they can order more yeah. rather than putting it in a bookstore where you're competing with all the other bazillion books um, put it in something that's more geared to what that story is about I'm gonna today. I need to go. So we're done here. I go to the post office and send three books to the packer that took us into the Pacific Wilderness, and he will have one in each of his camps. Oh. So who knows where those? What kind of sales those will lead to? You know. Yeah, and then you're not at that point in time. You're not even trying to um, convince someone, I guess, to get the book because the appeal is already there. Yeah, and they're already in the wilderness, and. You know, there's usually not that many little little kids up there with the packer. It's usually adults or grandparents, and they may hopefully want the memento of their trip, so mm -hmm. they can go back and order one of those. See, and I like that too because then you're not. Um, what is it? When you're I not that one. Exactly, and I think it's more like organic for you to where you don't feel like you're trying to uh, preach, if you will, your products. Yeah. And also for people, too, it's more natural, as opposed to these other, like, uh, you take any kind of advertisement on uh, conventional television, they're trying to tell you that you need something, yeah. and, and they're basically trying to make a buck off of you. But I like how we're moving, even with a lot of things, like, for example, this radio show, uh, a lot of it operates off of uh, monthly donations, and... So as opposed to trying to throw products in front of someone's face, it's just like, if you enjoy this, then support this as an artist. Yeah. And I, I like how I feel like we're moving towards that with these, um, the gateway to actually put your, whatever your medium is, put your material out there is kind of lowering. And then also our audience, or the engagement with the audience too, it's, there's unique and creative ways we can access our audience. Well, don't you think that the whole pendulum is swinging away from commercialism and getting into more personal creativity and growing your own vegetables and having your own garden rather than going to the, the store and buying chard? <laughs> I completely agree. And I, I think it's, um, in my opinion, like the pendulum is swinging or through the industrial boom, 
um, we were fed this kind of this artificial these this artificial structure of like our wants, our needs, what ultimately fulfills us. And it's new. It's better. Exactly, and we've gotten to a point to where I, I guess the pressure has popped the balloon, and everyone's like, "Oh, this doesn't really work out that well." Because I have people that I meet oftentimes, and this goes into um, just I guess expressing yourself uh, that uh, like I have a boss, and he'll work. He was a manager for a local store at the place I work now, which I do auto glass, and he got um, promoted. At the time, he was working ten hour days, six hour or six days a week. Well, when he got promoted, he got uh, you know a bump in his salary, but now he works uh, six six days a week still, and it's over ten hours. Like there's a, a diminishing return, and it, it's like uh, just like what we were talking about is you're always learning with these books, and you're always you're engaged. And the further you go along, kind of from what I'm understanding, correct me if I'm wrong, you start getting more, um, it starts giving back to you more. Yeah, well, there's more of them out there. Mm -hmm. And I've kind of dangled bait in front of, and that's kind of an inadvertent marketing, marketing catch, I guess, that I'll throw out a picture of the new book and put it on Facebook and, you know, this is what the new one's going to be like and then I'll get, I want one of those, I don't care what else is on it, but I want one of those. Yeah. You, know, you can kind of, what do you call that, bait mm. people to, to, oh. be stay, to stay interested in my stories and then to get them kind of, I haven't done any pre-sales, I don't want to do that because in case it doesn't turn out right, I don't have to. You know, that's too much work. Yeah, I'm all backpedaling. <laughs> yeah, so, but I have a list already, uh, and I'm up to, like, I put it on Facebook, and I think in 48 hours I had 28 orders. Wow. And some of them were not people I've sold to before, but people that I know on from Facebook. Oh. So, it's working, you know? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> so, you know, it's that whole throw stone in the pond and that ripple effect. And, mm -hmm. and like, these books that are going to the the Packer and over to the sports store in Winthrop, you know, there'll be another set of sales that comes from that. And that's, I'm not a salesperson. I want my husband to do that. He could sell a refrigerator to an Eskimo. He's oh, very, really? <laughs> very talented. He's, he's a charming man, you know, and he's just skilled at that. I am uncomfortable. I can't stand still. I don't want to do that. You know, the thought of going to Costco on Kauai and saying, do you want to carry this book? Like, I am not doing that, honey. I, I'll stand next to you and smile and nod my head and say, yeah, I did that drawing, but I'm not talking to him. <laughs> exactly. I know what you yeah. mean, though, because even like uh, when I've done a couple of interviews on uh, the homeless, um, that is just like an extremely confronting people in any manner is very anxiety-inducing for me. <laughs> um, yeah. Yeah. That's what I find, that's what I really, I love to hear though, is because as you continue to pursue this thing further, it's not this diminishing return or this artificial idea of, well, you can enjoy yourself when you retire. Um, it's just this pursuit, it, it starts feeding, you know what I mean, your, your enjoyment of things and your understanding of yourself, whether when yeah. you go from watercolor to pastels, like. Yeah, and expanding my art skill and. All the way through art school, up until about two years ago, I really avoided drawing humans. I thought, I want them to look like who we know that is. You know, if I'm drawing my niece, I want her to look like my niece. And I have a hard time, I have had a hard time of getting better. And thank goodness for YouTube, because the tutorials on YouTube are amazing. Yes, they are. 
and I've watched many hours of it and gotten better, and I can measure things better. I understand what they mean when they're talking about measuring, you know, like the distance between your eyes. You take that as as your basis. So if that is one inch, let's say, on your original, and you want it to be three inches on your drawing or smaller or whatever, everything is in relation to the distance of the eyes. So if the nose is only half the width of the distance from the eye, the the separation of the eyes, you know, then you then you know, oh, that nose is a little too big. We better fix that, you know. And so I can see where the mistakes are now because I learned how to measure things. That's right. And uh, this last one, I had learned another thing. I do pictures um, from my um, iPad so that I can travel and do my drawings in other places. Mm-hmm. And I had to zoom in to get a better look on the two kids' face. And the one kid, I got him drawn, and then I did the next kid next to him, and I apparently zoomed in a little more. So now the the relationship was wrong. Her head was bigger than his. And the actual picture, her head is smaller than his. Oh, wow. Because I had zoomed. You know, I had tapped it twice, and I zoomed in a little more, and I didn't even realize it. Yeah. So I have these great pictures drawn in pencil on my on my pad, and they're going, ah, but it was just like her, but then just like Bill, and I go, wait, but. <laughs> Betty is like seven years older looking than Urban. How did that happen? <laughs> and I realized, oh, I zoomed in on Betty and I didn't on Urban. Okay. <laughs> Interesting. That's crazy. I didn't Technical know. stuff, but, you know, it's stuff I'm learning along the way, and so I'm not so afraid to to tackle a, a human. I haven't done myself, done my hand, but um, the watercolor, there was one of me that John had to take a picture of me. Because I tried it in the mirror, take a photograph. And for some reason, in the mirror, because it's backwards, I was writing with my left hand instead of my right hand. That's how it looks. And I'm, like, oh, I'm not left-handed. You know, I'm I'm very accurate. I try to be really accurate. Like, I'm right-handed. The pencil should be in my right hand. So then you try to flip it around. Like, oh, I can't figure this out. <laughs> yeah. That's yeah. Well, I didn't even know it got parsed that way with the um, relations to proportions. Because I've always been interested in uh, drawing, and I haven't gotten... Um, too deep on the technicalities, and I've when I but when I've tried to draw, that was something that was always difficult for me with people. Is because people, no matter which way I could put it, never came out right when I was drawing, and um, it was always you know the proportions were really off, and I didn't know you yeah. like create an anchor point like that with the eyes. Well, and there's um, like I can't remember off my hand right now. A, a standing adult, I think, is six heads high. Oh. The, the height of their head is, is, I think it takes six of them to make a standing adult. And kids, I think it's four, depending on the age, because like a little baby is maybe one and a half, a head plus one and a half. You know, for instance, a, an infant, a little baby, they can't even put their hands above their heads. Their arms are so short that they can't, their elbow maybe hits their chin, you know? Oh, wow. So when you realize that you're drawing a 7-year-old versus a 12-year-old versus a 72-year-old, the proportions are very different. Yeah. You could make a small 72-year-old, but it's just going to look like a small man. It's not going to be a child. Ah. And those are things that I have learned. I mean, some of that I remember from school, but that's all on YouTube, you know, looking figure drawing or portrait drawing and, yeah, the whole pastels, it's all on YouTube somewhere. Somebody's making some money off of it. <laughs> See, and that's crazy, too, is the fact that um, we have, now it's so much easier to access all of this uh, information and discipline, or, yeah, mm-hmm. disciplines. And, like, it, it once again creates that lower um, barrier to entry, but also... 
changes um, how we spend our time, in my opinion, because now we Absolutely. have the opportunity to spend our time as essentially lifelong learners, depending on how yeah. you look at it. And yeah, if you're interested. And then you might find something as you're scanning along, like, whoa, this was interesting, and then... You know, your husband walks in and asks you a question and you hit the wrong button. I'm like, well, how did I get back to that? I don't even know how to do that. What was it? I don't know, but it was really cool. Yeah, it's like the YouTube rabbit hole. <laughs> yeah, right. Yeah. I get caught in that a lot, actually, whether or not it's like I'm watching um, debate debates on Carl Jung or um, I'm trying to help teach my son how to do, what was it, draw monster trucks, and then all of a sudden we're off to drawing dragons. It's like, how, how yeah. did I get there? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Oh, that's so cool. And so, um, do, do you have any kind of closing thoughts or anything like that or anything you'd like to touch on before uh, we close out for the interview? Well, I think if people are interested in, in trying out hand at, at their own book, for example, you could, you could take your kids' drawings from preschool to second grade and scan them and send them to a publishing or a printing company and they'll make you a book for peanuts. Wow. And then you'll have it forever. You know, I, I don't know how old you are, but I, when we moved, I had a box full of my son's drawings from, you know, like the first time he could hold a pencil and the first cow and that kind of stuff. And just for prosperity for your family, if you could get, then get them put in a book format, it would, just, it would be much easier to keep. And it's very inexpensive. Oh, if you're not going to do the whole putting the words on the page and then this word needs to be italicized or underlined or mm-hmm. shadowed, you know, there's some real technical stuff that, that she does for me. Um, but the fact of making it into a book format now is is really easy. It's just find a, a company like Lulu.com or CreateSpace, or there must be handfuls of them. Mm-hmm. And pick a size that you want and send your PDF and they'll coach you through whatever you need to fix or not fix. Hit the go button and send them your credit card number and you'll, in like 10 days, you get a book back. It's very, very rewarding. Wow. That is so cool. And that's actually what my son and I were kind of, um, I don't know, throwing back and forth is trying to create a book together. And it wasn't, you know, anything in, in line of being serious. I was just going to put it on as like a, a PDF online and uh, do it Kindle format. But I didn't. I was not aware of the ease of uh, of getting at least one copy printed. So I might yeah. have to go down that avenue. That is oh, cool. Yeah. I I just on Friday. Let's see. I couldn't do it from my phone because uh, on CreateSpace they won't accept. It. You can't go all the way through the giving them your uh, credit card number and through your phone. So once I got home. Oh. From our trip, we did it on the computer, and so I, at 4.30, I ordered my my proof after the adjustments had been made, and by 7 o'clock the next morning on Saturday, it said it ordered been confirmed, and then the next email was books on its way. You know, that's, that's not even 24 hours, and I expect it today's Monday, probably Tuesday or Wednesday. That's crazy. That's yeah. ridiculous turnover. And, you know, they're not, it's not, I'm, I'm not doing a manuscript, but I'll, it's, it's all done by computer. It doesn't matter if it's one page or a thousand pages. Yeah, exactly. That's you know, you just pay shipping for it, and then whatever the base, there is, what I like is there's no setup cost. If you would go to a printing company, like there's one in Mount Vernon, and it's $20 if you wanted to um, have five copies of a certain illustration done. It's a, it's a $20 setup fee. And then you can have as many as you want at a dollar a piece. Yeah. 
But with with CreateSpace, there's no setup. They just, I don't know, they put it in your file, they hit go, and it goes. <laughs> I don't know how it works. <laughs> it just takes all of the, the almost the, the burden of it away. That is yeah. cool. Wow. Yeah, it's very accessible. It's very user-friendly. And, and now I have my friend Kate who does the computer work, and she does a lot with them, so she knows what their parameters are, what they need, and yeah. she said, oh, she's, they're going to send you this email that says this needs fixing, but I know it's okay, don't worry about it, I've already, you know, don't worry, it's going to be okay, so I hit the go button, and five days later, I got a book in hand. That is so cool. Yeah. Wow. And it's, you know, it's, it's cheap. It's yeah, exactly. Expensive. And that, that's, uh, I think that's important, is just because, uh, once again, is that from what you're saying, basically, I can go to Starbucks and spend my money on a, a cup of coffee, and I would yeah. be looking at the same cost, aside from my own time, but that sounds like fun so, to me. <laughs> in, a book, in a book that you'll have forever, the coffee after the caffeine is gone, is gone. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> you <know>? exactly. <laughs> yeah, if, you compare, if you compare the 20 bucks for whatever price versus going out to dinner with your husband, or your kids or something, and you, know, you spend 50 bucks, it's gone. If mm-hmm. you eat it, it's gone. There's nothing to show for it except the calories are on your way. Yeah, exactly. And, and the book, you've got it. It's a tangible thing, and you can pass it on to whoever you want to. Wow. You know? That's and that's so cool. And they have, I only work for Create Space, but they have all sorts of options of sizes. You could do hardbound if you wanted to. I may do that at some point to see what it how it turns out. You know, I have a hardbound book. Mm-hmm. So far, they've all been the same size and the same um, font and the same style of printing and, you know, trying to keep them as a series. Yeah. But someday I may do something that's not a postcard from someplace. Mm-hmm. It may be a different story. And then I might just try it hard down and see what it looks like. You know? Ooh, go on the wild side a little bit. Yeah. <laughs> well, thank you so much, Barbara. It really has been a pleasure. And yeah. I really yeah. got to pull a lot of insight away from it. Um, is there anywhere that uh, people can find your books or a website, uh, Amazon? Um, yeah, it would be on Amazon, and it's probably, or on Facebook, um, Barbara Clark Author, I think is how it is, mm-hmm. listed on Facebook. Um, Amazon, I think it's Barbara Clark, and I don't know if there's author, but it may say author behind it, too. I, I rarely look on face, on uh, Amazon for my books. Mm-hmm. Um, I can contact you and get it through, through that way. Absolutely, and, um, also, too, I... Do you want me to, if people do contact me, do you want them to, I'll edit this part out, but uh, do you want me to divert them to to mm-hmm. Amazon, or would you like no, to go please. to you? Okay, you. Much, much, I get much more loyalty if it comes from me. Exactly, that's what yeah. I, that's I And, you know, if I put an order in on Monday, I probably have the books by Friday, so if, you give, if I have a week's notice, I can get them a book within probably seven to ten days. Wow, that's not bad at all. And yeah. More money to the artist, so I'll do whatever I can exactly. to support that. Right. And, right. Um, and then I, uh, would you like me to use any particular image when I promote this episode? If not, I can use my standard logo, but either way it works. Um, maybe one of the covers of the book. Yeah. The Kalai book. Or, you know, I like the Kalai book or the, uh, the Bears from the Pasadena Wilderness. Mm, I'll do, I'll use both. Um, the Kauai and then the Bears in the Pasad Wilderness. I yeah, love that turtle, though. That highlight's ridiculous. He's pretty cute, isn't he? Yeah, he is. Um, and I, I thought for that book, it was so cool having the white man name, a turtle, mm-hmm. and the Honol, which is a Hawaiian name, and then parentheses having how you pronounce that. Yeah, that was so actually my favorite part. 
Yeah, that's that was a hook for that book that I really liked. You know, the <laughs> and I had to figure out how do you pronounce that. So I actually found on the internet a Hawaiian dictionary that had the oh, pronunciation. So that was a lot cool. of research. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's so cool though. And those yeah. the language too, like just trying to pronounce those. I, I don't know. I it was a lot of fun, and I didn't realize that there was a native language, which I feel very ignorant for. But yeah. yeah. And if I do this uh, Olympic Peninsula one, I may throw in some whatever tribe is originating there. I don't even, oh, I yeah. I'm not even sure. Yeah. Get a little bit of that in there. Because yeah. you know, that's important for, certainly on the coast side, not so much in the mountains, I think. But I'm not even sure. Yeah. I haven't started my research on that yet. Oh, I've done a little bit of research on the tribes. Uh, just because that's when I was talking about the short stories. That's uh -huh. kind of what I was playing with, was because we went out to the... Uh, Enchanted Valley Chalet, and um, I just the, even the slightest research that I did, the history and culture is extremely rich, and actually some of the richest in our entire country, from like uh, up here in the northwestern tribes uh -huh. on the on the ocean, and then the rainforest, and then in Vancouver as well is really yeah. cool. You'll love it. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Um, sweet. Thank you so much, Barbara. I really Good. appreciate it. And, you know, you probably could either scan the cover on your computer or, um, like, the new book, it has the three covers on the on the inside back page mm -hmm. showing what all books I've done and then a list of what's coming. Oh, okay. Which changes after every book. I, I was going to do a postcard from the Melbourne Zoo because we'd been to Australia, and I thought, oh, man, the Melbourne Zoo. Well, I did do Australia, but how does the postcard travel to Australia? The only way I can get the koalas and the, you know, all the different things in there would be to go to a zoo. So we did go to the Melbourne Zoo with that intent, and I took lots of pictures, and, and it would work. But I don't know if it would sound as easy as the Salmon Islands or the Pacific Wilderness or the Olympic Peninsula. Yeah. You know, once I'm done with the local stuff, I'm going to have to reach out a little further and take some more trips and come up with more stories. <laughs> Oh, 
yearbook, yeah. Uh-huh. I'm doing like a bestiary, and so like throughout, it's basically a, a, an older brother who's, you know, now an adult, is giving his, uh, passing his journal down to his little brother, and it's supposed to describe all of these monsters that he'll encounter. It's about, uh, what is it, eight monsters throughout his whole life, and it has the stats there, and these monsters are basically like, so anger, um, what is it? So there's there's anger, there's greed, there's patience, and they're not called those names. They have you know these little fun names on them, and it's it lists like the weaknesses and the strengths. So like what makes that monster come out and how he defeated the monster, and it's okay. supposed to be like to help with interpersonal skills. It's aimed at more ten to thirteen year olds though, but it'll be fun. So you don't need very many illustrations. No, if any, well, ten year olds do. Thirteen year olds, they're glancing an illustration, and it could be black and white. It doesn't need to be full color. You know, just do a pencil drawing or something. So have your kid, have your kid draw it. That's exactly you know? what I'm going to go for. Is I'm going to have my son draw it, and I'm just going to yeah. course correct from there if I have to. Yeah. When when our son was little, and we drove to what's up. Um, there's a stretch along the highway along the lake, and he called it a khaki place. And I'm going, what's a khaki place? You know, this is where khakis live. And I said, what's a khaki? So we have a 20-minute discussion on what a khaki was. <laughs> it was some kind of a monkey crossed with a raccoon. It had hands that could hold on to the trees. And they liked summertime because they'd hang from these trees that would cut completely cut on the road. So you're, like, going in an alley, you know, a tunnel of trees. Yeah. And they would, he said they would sit up there on the branches and eat cherries and throw the pits in through the um, sun, sunroofs of cars. Mm-hmm. And I'm thinking, I gotta, I gotta make a storm out of that. That is too cute. Yeah, <laughs> the kid's now 31 and he might not even remember what a khaki is, but I think there's a book in there somewhere. That would be so cool to make a book out of that. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> oh, gosh. So do it. Just have fun. I mean, get one or two. You know, one for your mom and one for you. And mm-hmm. and then, you know, I don't know how old your son is now, but when he has a kid, you have that book for him to give to his kid. Yeah. This is what your dad and I did together. Oh, that would be so cool. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I mean, who looks at photo albums anymore now? But I think, and gosh, when your kid is having kids, maybe they're not even books anymore. It's all going to be on a tablet. But, yeah, exactly. Yeah, you know, it'd be kind of a cool memento, I think. I think that would be. Yeah. Thank you so much, Barbara. All right. Good to talk to you, Will. Good to talk to you, too. Thank you for your time. Thanks. You bet. Bye-bye. Hey, friends. Thank you so much for listening to this episode of the podcast. I hope you guys enjoyed it. And if you did, please rate, review, and share it on any platforms that you choose. Tell a friend. And if you have any suggestions, ideas, questions, uh, you could always shoot me an email, which can be found on the website, killyourking.com, or you can DM me on social media. If you would like to check out her book, please send me a DM or an email, just because she gets a bigger cut as opposed to going on or going through Amazon, rather. But if you would like to look at check out the books, you can find the Amazon links in my description. Next week, I got my pal Alfred coming on the podcast. He's a really interesting guy who has gotten deep into jiu-jitsu lately. He was a chef, and he's just a pretty awesome guy, and I know you guys will enjoy it. Well, till next time, later.